What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Got a pretty full house today, so I hope everybody's had a great week. And uh, we're excited about what God is doing here in Jackson, Missouri. If you're tuning online, let me go ahead and introduce myself. My name is Trent Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church. Here in Jackson, Missouri, we are so excited that you tuned with us online this morning. But what we want to do is invite you personally to come down and check us out next week. We're going to be beginning a brand new Summer at the Movies. We're going to be using movie things to go over scripture. So we want to invite you out to that. We're going to have some fun. And we hope to see you next week. The rest of you that are here, welcome. I hope you've had a good week. It's good to see our family all the way from Honduras that finally made it into the country. We are so excited. Let's give them one more round of applause because God is answering prayers. Even in the midst of all the chaos that's going on around the world. And they were stranded in Texas for just a little bit. And they were wondering if they were going to make it up here. But they're here now. They're here legally. They're here. They're ready to go. And we are excited to have them with us this morning. They're just kind of going to bear with us in the message. They're still learning English. I'm trying to learn Spanish. So we're kind of going both ways on that. But welcome. We are going to be wrapping up this series this morning called, Who Do You Say That I Am? And over the last eight weeks, it's been one of the longest series we've done here as a church. Over the last eight weeks, we've been discussing the names of God from the Old Testament and how Jesus reflected those names in the New Testament. And today we're going to be wrapping that series up with our final name, which we're going to get to. We're going to do things just a little bit different today. Because actually our passage where that name comes from is Psalm 23. So if you got a Bible and you want to turn there, we're going to check out that in a minute. But we're going to be hanging out between John 10 and Psalm 23 this morning. We're going to be going back and forth so you can flip with your finger. So here's what we've been going on, just in case this is your first time tuning with us. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about the five benefits of the New Testament covenant. And for those that don't know what the New Testament covenant is, that's Jesus. He came, he died, he gave his life so that now we don't have to come once a year to the main temple and sacrifice animals on the altar to cover up our sins for another year. Now, Jesus has paid it all. So not only are they covered up, but they are erased once we accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. So the five benefits of this New Testament covenant, the first two weeks... We discussed the forgiveness of sin and deliverance from sin's dominion. That was the first benefit that we talked about all those weeks ago. We talked about the name Jehovah Sitkanu, which means the Lord our righteousness, and Yehovah Makadesh, which is the Lord who sanctifies. And we talked about how that righteousness and that sanctification is what makes us pure. It's nothing we do ourselves. It's Jesus' blood. That makes us, declares us righteous. The fullness of the Holy Spirit was discussed the following two weeks. And we went over the names Jehovah Shalom, which is the Lord, our peace. And we talked about it wasn't talking about peace as in the absence of conflict, the absence of noise, any of that. It was talking about God's peace, which is an unexplainable peace. If you ever had that friend who's been a born-again believer and they're just 
still praising God in the midst of all the tribulation and trials they're going through. That's the peace of God. We can't explain that to you. If you've never experienced it, we can't explain to you how that peace comes upon us. But it does. God gives us that Yehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah, our peace. Moving on, we talked about the following week, Yehovah Shammah, which simply means the God who is there. He's with us all the time. He's no, he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He's always with us. He's by our side, no matter what decisions we make in life. And we're going to talk about more about decisions next week and the following weeks, but let's get here. The third week, or actually I guess it would have been the fifth week, we talked about the promise of health and healing. And we talked about here at Next Level Freedom Church. We do believe God is still a healer. We've seen, I've seen too many people healed from cancer, people healed from Crohn's disease, people's limbs growing out on the spot. So you can't tell me that God does not still heal. He is Yehovah Rapha, our healer, the Lord God who heals us. The next week we talked about freedom from the law's curse of failure and insufficiency. In a previous series we talked about back in November, we talked about the fact that the law was brought into effect so that we would know we're not perfect. So that we would know we're not living up to God's expectations. He brought that law. That's what Romans tells us. He brought the law in so that we would recognize we're not making the cut. So that's when it becomes, he became that cut for us. It became Yehovah Yireh. Or we know it in English as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Yehovah Yireh, he is still our provider. Last week, we began talking about the freedom from the fear of death and hell. We talked about how many people just want to get their fire insurance and then come back to church. They don't show up again. Why? Because they just figure, hey, I'm good. I got to save them out. There's more to salvation is that, than that. As I always say, salvation is not a prayer. It's a lifestyle. How you live outside of here determines whether you're saved or not. Because we can all put on a good face on Sunday and look it all pretty up, you know, dressed up, whatever you do, and make it look good. But how are you living throughout the week? Because that really determines your salvation. And we talked about how last week we began, we talked about Yehovah Nissi, which is the Lord God, our banner. And we discussed, we're going to talk a little bit more about that today, kind of intermingled here. But he's the banner. He sits on the hill. Back in the day when the battles were happening, the banner is what let the army know if they had been defeated or if they were still winning or if there was still hope. That's what that banner was, and he is our banner. Jesus became that banner upon Calvary and on the cross that we look to. Just like the bronze snake we discussed last week, we look up, and if we believe, that's when he saves us. Today we're going to talk about the final name, which we'll get to in just a minute. But I want to go ahead and talk about this name, Yehovah, that we've been talking about. Once again, I want to mention this again. God's name, Yehovah, reveals his readiness to save his people and to act for them. Thus the name Yehovah, or I am that I am. Most of you may recognize that from Moses' story. He said, God, who do I tell them sent me when they asked? And he says, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. And that is that name, Yehovah. Can be rendered, I am with you, ready to save and to act, just as I have always been. The Bible tells us he wants everyone, he doesn't want anybody to perish. But that everyone would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But secondly, man has to make a choice. You have to choose. Do I follow God? Do I go his way? Or do I go my own way and end up in a mess? We talked a little bit about that in previous weeks. We're not going to go back to that. 
Let's go to John 10. We're going to get to our key passage, and then we're going to get to today's name. I kind of switched up the order a little today, but here's the deal. I'm excited about what God's got to say this morning, because as I was studying for this sermon this week, you know how I always like to take a series, and in the last one in that series, I like to tie them all back together and remind you of everything we've talked about. Well, God did it again. I didn't know how he was going to do it with eight names, but he's done it. So let's check that out this morning. John 10, 7 through 9 is where we're going to start. It says, then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers. He's talking about false prophets, false teachers that had come before him. They were thieves, they were robbers. But the sheep, the ones that truly were God's children, did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be, everybody say that word with me, saved. I mean, that was kind of weak. Everybody say that word with me. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. saved. All right. It's important. And we'll go in and out. Find pastures. So the first thing we need to get to, we got a lot of points to get through. Remember, we're tying up eight names. So point number one is that Jesus is the door. He just told us that in the scriptures. Jesus is that door. He's the one that lets sheep in, lets sheep out. Check out what Psalm 23 says. And this is actually our, our name for the week. Psalm 23, we're going to actually be looking through that whole psalm today because it's only six verses long. Look at Psalm 23, 1a. It says this. The Lord is my shepherd. Stopping there, we're going to break it down here today. So if you've ever looked at something, we've used it a lot at funerals, but really, it's a, it's a song of hope. It's a song of hope. The Lord is my shepherd. That can be rendered in Hebrew, Yehovah Ra'ah, which means the Lord is my shepherd. The final name today is the Lord is my shepherd. Yehovah Ra'ah. Check out there, moving on in verse 10 of John 10. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Many of you are going to recognize this verse because we use it a lot. I have come that they may, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Point number two is, He came to give life. He came to give life. He didn't come so that he could put all of your sins and all your burdens on you and let you know just how bad you were. That's how a lot of people are wanting to interpret God. I get them all the time on Facebook. I'm not worthy. God doesn't have anything to do. No, no, no. God loves you. He came to give life. But check out as we continue. That's why I said Mark, Psalm 23. We're going to go back and forth. Psalm 23, 1b. Check out. It says, I shall not want. What name does that sound like? Yehovah Yireh, the Lord, my provider. He's not only our shepherd this morning, the one that's guiding us, constantly keeping us with the flock, guiding us throughout life, because many of us, sometimes we tend to stray out here somewhere. But Jesus is the one that keeps us back with the flock. He guides us back in. So he's our shepherd, but he's also our provider this morning. You're going to notice as he ties all these names together this morning. John 10, continuing there in verse 11, it says... I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, now check this out. He who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. In other words, they're the hired hand. They don't care anything about the sheep. They're there to get a paycheck. 
That's what they're there for. That's what the hirelings are for. So when the wolf comes, they run. And then the wolf gets the sheep and the rest scatter. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Verse 13 says, the hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. That's what we just said. Jesus, though, has claimed in the beginning of this part that I am the good shepherd. I care about my sheep. The Bible also tells us in another passage that he'll leave 99 to go after one. There's been great corporations come crumbling down around them, maybe pastors of big churches, and they come falling down because God doesn't care about the millions. He cares about their souls, but he'll give them, get rid of all that just to reach that one. That pastor that may be out of line. That's just an example. He'll let it all come crashing down so he can reach that person and let them reach up to their potential. So here's point number three. He came to bring peace of mind. Because the hireling, what's the hireling do? We just discussed it. The hireling will run. But Jesus doesn't run. He's our shepherd. So that gives us peace of mind knowing that he's there with us and that he is with us. Check out what Psalm 23.2 said. It says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Because of him, we can have that peace, which, once again, another name, Jehovah Shalom. Sounds like peace to me. He made me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He came to bring peace of mind because he is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. That unexplainable peace. Verse 14 of chapter 10. And I told you we're going to be going back and forth a lot, so just flip it with me. That's why I hopefully put it up here. It'll help you out. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and am known by my own. If you're a child of God, you'll know it. And he knows you. Check this out because point number four, his relationship with us is personal. The only God who came to us. You look at all these other religions out there and we're trying to live up to some standard of a foreign God that we don't know. They, they're way up there somewhere. But God in Christianity, if you want to call it a religion, I believe it's a relationship, but if you want to call it a religion, it's the only one where God comes to us because he wants a personal relationship with his people, with his creation. Check out what Psalm 23.3a says. It says, he restores my soul. Yehovah Makadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. It's because of him that we are restored. It's his sanctification. It's him being who he is. He's the only one that can sanctify. There's nothing we can do ourselves. We have to come to him. Verse 15 of chapter 10. If you're flipping, I hope you're doing it. I hope I'm not going too fast. But read up here if you have to. As the Father knows, John 10, 15, as the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus didn't come just because he needed something to do. He came as God's redemption plan. We had fallen. We had gone astray. We chose to eat the fruit. A lot of people say, well, I'm not Adam. I would have. Yeah, you would have. If you'd have been in the garden, you'd have made the same decision. It's a human temptation to go after something, especially if there's knowledge to be. Right. What the serpent tempts her with. There's knowledge. Who knows you'll know, you'll know what God knows if you do this. So, check out what it says. He lays down his life for the sheep. His sacrifice declares us 
righteous. That's point number five. His sacrifice declares us righteous. You already know where I'm going with this one. Psalm 23, 3b says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yehovah Sitkena. The Lord our righteousness. God just kind of ties all this together, right? I was getting excited. Some of y'all don't look as excited as I was, but I was getting excited when God was giving this to me. He is Yehovah Sitkena. He is our righteousness. It's his sacrifice that makes us. Now notice, when Paul talks about righteousness, we are righteous. What he says is that we are declared righteous. Go read it. It's in Romans. We're declared righteous because of Jesus' blood. So he is the Lord, our righteousness. Check out verse 16 of John chapter 10. It says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, and one shepherd. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about those that sin in church that aren't necessarily one of his sheep. Whether they're religious or they don't have a relationship with him yet. But they're still there. They're amongst him. And what he says is, the sheep which, I, which are not of this fold. In other words, the ones that aren't with me. Them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. Now once again, he is the shepherd. We're the flock. So point number six is he came to heal our brokenness. Y'all ever been in those moments of life where we're so broken? Check out what Psalm 23, 4a says. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What is that saying? He is Jehovah Rapha. He doesn't only heal us physically, he heals our spirits, he heals our souls. And it's because of that healing that he offers us that we don't have to fear the evil that surrounds us many times in our life. Even though we walk through a valley of the shadow of death. Now there's been great debate, theologians are still debating it, on whether this was an actual literal valley. And if it was, the way they describe it is it was such a dark valley that the sheep was narrow. This was the valley where people would get robbed when they would take trips. So it was the valley of the shadow of death was its nickname. Now, if it's just a symbolism, then there's that. So the debate is between the two. It's nothing to lose your salvation over, but it's simply that there's a valley of the shadow of death. So for today's sake, we're going to talk about those times in our life. Even though it looks like our world is falling apart around us, we're still standing. Why are you still standing? Because he is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. He is the one that encourages you each and every day. He's Jehovah Shalom. We already talked about that. He brings you peace in the midst of that valley or in the midst of that storm. John 10, 17 says, Therefore my father loved me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. So what's he saying there? Yeah, I'm going to die, but I'm also going to raise back up because I can. I'm God. I can do that. Check out. So his resurrection, point number seven, his resurrection brought restoration. Because he rose from the dead, he conquered death. That brings that restoration that all of us need in our life. Check out Psalm 23, 4b. For you are with me. Now that's a dead giveaway if you've been paying attention on names. Yehovah Shammah, the Lord who is there. He's always there. It says, you are with me. Why won't I fear evil when I walk through these valleys? Because you are with me. I'm going to keep on trucking. 
That's why you may know some Christians right now that even though their world's falling apart around them, they keep on trucking. They're still walking. They're still serving. They're still praising. Why? Because they've got to praise. Check out verse 18 of John chapter 10. No one takes it from me. He's talking about his life, what he just said. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down myself. In other words, I give myself willingly. I have the power, I have power to lay it down, talking about his life once again, and I have the power to take it again. In other words, I have the power to resurrect. This command I have received from my father. So point number eight is his victory keeps us moving forward. We just talked about that. Those Christians going through the storms, they keep on trucking. They may trip and fall every now and then, but they get right back up and they keep walking to whatever it is that God's taking. We're going to talk about vision next week, but we're not there yet. So whatever it is God has given you, check out Psalm 23, 4C. It says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Yehovah Nissi. That banner, that rod, that staff. Remember what we talked about the banner last week? The banner represented God's cause, his battle, and was a sign of deliverance and salvation. Your rod and your staff come from me. You are Yehovah Nissi. It's because of you, because I can look up and see that you're still fighting this battle for me and with me, that I keep pushing forward. The flag's still waving, baby. Some of you see that. Sometimes in life you feel like it's not, but it's still flying high. God's still saying, He's saying, come on, just a little further. Maybe you're going through a storm. We've talked about it before. There's three parts you can be in life. You can either just came out of a storm, you're going through a storm, or you're getting ready to go through a storm, because there's always going to be storms of life. But just remember, how the true test of a Christian, like I said before, is how they come out of the storm, or how they act in the storm. Do you give up and just throw up your hands and just give up, walk away, throw in the white flag? Or do you keep looking at God as your banner? Jehovah Nissi. I hope you do the latter. John 10, 19 to 20, it says, Therefore, there was a division. Now, this is talking about the people. Therefore, there was a division again among the Jews because of these sayings. Many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Check it out. Point number nine, not all will believe. There's always going to be people that don't. And there are going to be the same people that are criticizing you, telling you, uh-uh, I don't believe it. There's no way. He's crazy. He's mad. Jesus was a madman. He had a demon. Check out the response. But check out, okay. So I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if you were counting, but we've already hit all eight names of God in the first four verses of Psalm 23. Now we're going to get into the last two verses. So Psalm 23, 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Parallelism, isn't it? A little bit. These people are telling him, you don't need to listen to this guy. He's mad. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Some of you know what your calling is. Some of you may still be seeking if you've already got that calling, you know that he's already anointed your head. He's told you what you're going to do. No matter what everybody else around you is telling you, you can't accomplish. Remember, if God's in it and he told you to do it, you're going to accomplish it. Because that's the kind of God we serve. Now check out verse 21, which is where we're going to stop at John 10. It says, others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? We talked about this this morning in one of our songs. 
He opens blind eyes. Point number 10 is that those that believe shall be delivered. Wrap up Psalm 23. Check out what it says. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, and I hope that when you walk out of here today, when you see Psalm 23, you see a whole different light on this psalm. It's not just something we read at funerals that sounds good. This psalm is actually talking about life that we gain through God. We use it to say, well, they're dead here, but they're alive spiritually. But remember, we're all going through Psalm 23. We don't, now you got hope that when you leave, you can see the names of God in Psalm 23. And it's just the first four verses. Now, the verse everyone's been waiting for to wrap this thing up. Luke 9, 18 to 20. Here's what it says. And it happened as he was alone praying. Let's talk about Jesus. That his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, who do the crowd say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist. But some say Elijah. Others say one of the old prophets has risen again. But check out verse 20. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? I think that's a question we're all being asked this morning. Who do you say he is? Is he your deliverance? Is he your salvation? Or is he just some good old prophet or some good old teacher you heard about back in the day? I promise you he's not. Check out what Peter answered. The second half of verse 20 he said, the Christ of God. Christ means anointed one. You're the anointed one of God. Jesus is asking each of us this morning, even if you're tuning online, who do you say that I am? Linda, you can come start praying. We're getting ready to wrap this thing up. Who do you say he is this morning? Is he each of those names we just talked about? Throughout this series, we've talked about several names, several names of God. His name is Jehovah or Yahweh in the Old Testament. But the names that come along behind are the ones we focused on in this series. Jesus reflected each and every one of those names at some point in his life. And these are just a few of the select ones that I picked for this series. Know that he is Jehovah, our God, our deliverer. If you're tuning online this morning, I want to go ahead and talk to you for a second. I'll talk to those here in just a second. But if you're tuning online this morning and you've never asked Christ in your heart, you've never asked him to be your personal Lord and Savior, that's where your journey starts. Now, if you notice, I don't know if you've caught the ads or whatever about Back to the Future. We're starting next week with the vision. Your journey starts next week. We're going to talk more about that. What's the vision God has given you for your life? Because you're not just here to breathe up somebody else's air and then lay down someday. God's got a purpose behind the reason that you're here. Will you find that person? purpose? But if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's real simple. You ask. The Bible talks about this thing called repenting, which means you make a 180. It's an old military term. Repenting means about face. So you turn from this direction, maybe I'm going this way, and I'm turning. I'm not going to follow God's way for my life. That's what repenting is. So you recognize I need him. He is my salvation. And you just ask. You say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. And I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death, that I might live. 
ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I want to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Congratulations. If you meant it from the bottom of your heart, remember salvation is not a prayer, it's a lifestyle. If you meant it from the bottom of your heart, then welcome to the family of God. Your next step is baptism. See, we're on this journey. It doesn't just you do this one thing on a Sunday and then it's over with. No, no, no. You get baptized to follow in Jesus' footsteps. You die your old self, you rise anew. Then you join a fellowship. You join a church home, someone that can help you grow in Christ. So that's just a little bit of a tip on where you're going. It doesn't even have to be those words. Your advantage if you're tuning online is you can just rewind the video and go pray it again. But really, the Bible says if you believe Jesus died and he rose again, you shall be saved. That's what James, I believe, it is, tells us. So thank you for tuning online this morning. Next week, we're going to begin a brand new series called Back to the Future. And it is based on the movie. We're going to be talking about vision. I hope you will join us next week. Thank you if you've been tuning online. God bless. We'll see you.